This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Now, at the half hour, we'll look forward to some laughs courtesy of Harold Perry as the great Gildersleeve. But first, we visit with Mr. District Attorney, a popular radio program drama which was aired on NBC and ABC from April 3rd of 1939 to June 13th of 1952, so pretty long run. The series focused on a crusading DA, initially known as only Mr. District Attorney or Chief and was later translated to television. On television, the DA had a name, Paul Garrett, and the radio version picked up this name in the final years when David Bryan played the role. A key figure in the dramas was the DA's secretary, Edith Miller, played by Vicki Bola. Created, written, and directed by former law student Ed Byron, the series was inspired by the early years of New York Governor Thomas E. Dewey, it was Dewey's public war against racketeering, which led to his election as governor. Phillips H. Lord, creator of Gangbusters, helped to develop the concept and coined the title. Byron lent an air of accuracy and immediacy to his script through close study of crime statistics, a library of criminology text, following the newspapers, and even going around to rough bars to gain tips background and color from crooks and police alike. His techniques sometimes enabled Byron to accurately predict major crime waves before the news broke. Produced through its run in New York City, the series began as a 15-minute serial and becoming a half an hour a little bit later. Self-contained series three months later, as a matter of fact. Tonight, we hear the episode Set Up for Reentry. Mutual Broadcasting System proudly presents Mr. District Attorney. Mr. District Attorney, champion of the people, defender of truth, guardian of our fundamental rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mr. District Attorney, transcribed, starring Jay Justin in the title role, Len Doyle as Harrington, and Vicki Vola as Miss Miller. And it shall be my duty as District Attorney, not only to prosecute to the limit of the law all persons accused of crimes perpetrated within this county, but to defend with equal vigor the rights and privileges of all its citizens.
the Mutual Broadcasting System invites you to listen to Mr. District Attorney. Two men are meeting in an expensive residential hotel on the outskirts of Paris, France. One is Melvin Renshaw, American sportsman, social leader, and lawyer. The other is his only client, Rocky Rapano, multimillionaire racketeer, deported by the United States Justice Department two years previously. Okay, Renshaw, so it's not a permanent visa. It's a passport, ain't it? It'll get me back into the States, won't it? Only for six months, Rocky. That's long enough. All I want to do is get rid of Lenny and Floss on the narcotics end and uh, take care of Lomazzo trying to horn in. The immigration boys are smart, Rocky. All we can offer in this passport is the picture. You'll have to bleach your hair and grow a mustache to come anywhere near the description. So, in Paris, they got the best beauty parlors in the world. And I got a month to grow the mustache. Very well. You can sail on the Queen from Cherbourg on the 18th of next month. I'm flying home tomorrow. Right. Oh, uh, and by the way, I assume that uh, you're expecting to stay with us while you're in town. My wife uh, will be delighted to have you as our guest. She, uh, say so? Well, frankly, no. But she doesn't have to. I'll tell her. When do I get the passport? I have it with me. Say, you're getting cute or something. Come on, let's have it. It's made out in the name of Lebrecht. Henri Lebrecht. Perhaps uh, you'd better learn to pronounce it. Never mind the comedy cracks, gimme. Getting back into the States means a lot to you, doesn't it, Rocky? Yeah, yeah. Let me have the passport. Let me see. You'll net at least a million on the narcotics deal alone. Then you have at least that much still on deposit under assumed names. Okay, Renshaw, quit stalling. What's the bite this time? The bite? Oh, yes. Your lamentable lapses into the vernacular must be excused. However, Rocky, the uh, bite, as you so quaintly put it, is $100,000. Just let me have it in cash. Checks are so easily traced. It's nice to see my favorite court reporter back. And nice of you to drop up here to the office and say hello. How was Europe? Oh, Europe is terrific. <laughs> Especially Paris. Hey, you picked up a cold, huh? Oh, a beaut. Better take care of it. I am. To uh, district attorneys, every cough drops? Hmm? Here, have one. No, no, thanks. Made in France? Yeah. Pour la malaise de la gorge. You know what's amazing, the way everybody in France speaks French, yeah. even the kids? <laughs> Any sensational cases while I was away? No, not a thing new. I believe you're familiar with the situation on the waterfront. Well, that reminds me. Yeah, what? Funny thing, I ran across a guy on the Queen coming back that I can't get out of my mind. Yeah? His name was Lebrecht. Lebrecht? Henri Lebrecht. Oh, should I know him? I don't know. I got a feeling I should. It's like trying to remember the name of a tune. Got the craziest notion I've seen him somewhere before, somewhere important. Like the rogues gallery. Back today. Give me news, will you? Yeah, sure thing, Mr. Jansen. See ya. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Mr. Jansen, you sure got a cold. Yeah, you said it. I'm trying to figure if I should take it home or take it to the fight tonight. <laughs> Where's the sports page in this rag? Ah, here it is. 
Well, so Melvin Renshaw has been made chairman of the boxing commission. <laughs> they sure must have been hard up. Hey. What, Mr. Jansen? Melvin Renshaw. Rocky Rotano shyster lawyer. Johnny, I remember now. Remember what? I remember the face. Here, Johnny, keep the change. I'm going to make a fast call on the chairman of the boxing commission. Who knows? I might get into a fight myself. Melvin, please. Oh, no, I don't want to argue about it. I will not have Rocky Rotano in my house. Shut up. He'll hear you. Well, I won't. It may be your house, but Rocky bought it. He's paid for everything we've got. He's my only client, and he's staying with us for as long as he's in town. Now go get yourself another headache, or go to bed, or go to... Go somewhere. Melvin, I... I know you don't love me. But that man in the same house as a child Catherine's age is... Well, surely as a mother, I'm entitled to some consideration. Listen, Mona, everything you're entitled to, you've got. You've got me and this house. You wanted security, you've got it. I wanted your respectability. Now, if you expect to continue to live this way, I suggest that you make our guests stay pleasant. Jansen, Associated News. Well? Mind if I come in? I'm afraid I'm busy. Oh. <coughs> I got a terrible cold. I think I must have caught it on a deck of the Queen Elizabeth. Um, come in. Thanks. Come into my den. We can talk quietly in there. Okay. home you've got here. Thanks. In here. Thank you. All right, Jensen. What's on your mind? I'm in a hurry. Rancho, I've got a crazy notion. A guy named Henri Lebrecht had the cabin across from me on the Lizzie. Get to the point. Oh, I've got a crazy notion his name wasn't really Lebrecht. That's all? I think it was Rotano. Rocky Rotano. How interesting. Mm-hmm. Your picture in the paper reminded me that you're his lawyer. It also reminded me who Henri Lebrecht looked like. Where is he, Renshaw? Hiding him in a closet someplace? Mr. Rotano is in Paris. He was deported. You know that as well as I do. Oh, but he's back, isn't he? Back to reorganize the rackets? Back to straighten out a few things? Jack the rough boys up a bit? Tighten up the waterfront? Am I right? Jansen, you're a good reporter. It's unfortunate that you can't have a longer career. Oh, now, Renshaw, no guns. I'll get Hopalong Cassidy after you. Do that. In the meantime, I'll get somebody after you. Somebody who really knows how. Rocky, come in here, will you? I always say it's silly to beat around the bush. Don't you, Jensen? Oh, so he is here. Yes. But the information won't be of much use to you. It will be to the DA's office. 
He's a friend of mine. Oh? A very close friend. I'm glad you told me. I heard somebody at the door, so I was staying in my room. And... Oh. Bravo. His name is Jensen, Rocky. Wally Jensen. Associated News. Cabin 29A. He was on the Queen. Small world, isn't it, Rocky? Yeah. Too small. For you, not for me. Rocky, you did pretty well. Bleached hair, mustache. Too bad the guy across the hall had to be a close friend. Friend, George, is it dark yet? In an hour. Give me your gun. Yeah. Get the car out quick. Right. Jansen, I've been working for months to re-enter the USA. I'm real fond of this country. Well, it's too bad it's mutual. No, I can't let anything spoil it. I want you to know I got nothing against you personally. I'm relieved to hear that. Smart, aren't you? Jansen, it's too bad. I'm sorry, but uh, I got news for you. You're gonna die. Turn at Brand Street, Renshaw. Turn out into Pier 13. I'm glad you aren't superstitious, Rocky, but let's get this over with. What are you going to do? You'll see. Listen, Rocky, this has gone far enough. You can't get away with this. The DA knows about Lebrecht. Yeah, well, he won't be around to print the story, and by that time, I'll be out of the country. Just don't plan on leaving without me. I don't want to be left holding the bag. You're on your own from now on, Rancho. If it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't be in this jam. Okay, newsboy, get out. Rocky, I'm telling you. The DA's office is just waiting for something like this. He's my friend. He'll never stop till he gets you. All right. Start walking. Turn around and face the water. Now, Rocky, don't do it. Too bad. Kind of a nice guy, too. return to Mr. District Attorney in just a moment. Some like it hot, with the fierce clash of man's war against crime, and some like it cold, with the dedicated purpose of a vigilant fight against evil, and some like it with a touch of the unknown, flavored with a hint of the weird and the unusual, but practically everybody likes a good mystery. For all lovers of the eerie and the mysterious, Mutual brings program to suit any preference. There's Counterspy, the spine-tingling exploits of David Harding and his everlasting battle to preserve our country's security. High Adventure stars the hero, George Sanders, and dramatizes thrilling moments from the lives and places of peril throughout the world. While Bulldog Drummond presents the suave and sophisticated private detective, played by Sir Cedric Hardwick. And with his own unique brand of hair-raising narration, Peter Lorre brings you Nightmare, featuring tales of the unexplainable. With great stars and great shows, you can't go wrong when you dial Mutual for Mystery. Walk hand-in-hand with suspense, danger, and intrigue. Hear Counterspy, High Adventure, Bulldog Drummond, and Nightmare every week over most of these stations. Now back to Mr. District Attorney and the case of Setup. For re-entry. I can't believe it. 
I just can't believe that anybody had killed Wally Jensen. Well, somebody has, Miss Miller. Yeah, when's the autopsy due, Chief? Two hours, and there'll be an official report. Say, Harrington, we've got to crack this. But who would do it, Chief? Wally Jansen didn't have an enemy in the world. All court reporters have enemies, Miss Miller. Where did they find him? On some rocks under the pilings of Pier 13, oh. near the old brewer's warehouse. Yeah, who was on the waterfront, Pete? O'Brien found him. He heard shots and went down to the pier to investigate. He heard Jansen moaning. By the time O'Brien fished him out of the water, he was dead. Well, didn't he... didn't he say anything? Well, he mumbled something about the rocks. I tell you, I'll get whoever did this. It was the last thing I do. This sort of thing makes me as mad as, as a rookie on his first beat with a gang war going on in the back alley. Jansen was a good reporter and a good friend. He never did a mean thing in his life. Oh, I'll get that, Chief. Yes, Ruth. Who? You mean uh, Johnny the newsboy at the corner? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, tell him we're busy to make it some other time, huh? Information about Jansen. What's that? All right, send Johnny in. Our amateur detective at the corner newsstand has a clue. Well, Johnny thought a lot of Wally Jansen. Yes, we all do. Yes, come in, Johnny. Hello, Mr. Harrington. Smell Hi, Johnny. Hi, Hope I'm not disturbing you. Well, Johnny, we are pretty busy. What's on your mind? Well, sir, I've got some information I think the district attorney's office ought to have. Yes, all right. Shoot. Well, yesterday, Mr. Jansen bought a paper from me, see? He yes. flips real quick to the sports page, and there's a picture, see? A picture of whom? The guy that was made head of the boxing commission, Renshaw. Renshaw? Melvin Renshaw? That's right, Chief. Well, what's the connection? Yeah, go on, Johnny, go on. Well, and Wally said something about... About Rocky Ritano, shyster lawyer. Rocky Ritano. Yes, anything else? Oh, yes, sir. I think Wally went to see him. Renshaw? Yes, sir. To his house? Well, he, he didn't say. Rocky Ritano. The biggest gangster the crime commission flushed out of hiding. Yeah, yeah, but, Chief, he was deported. Two years ago. Well, it's... It's fantastic, and yet... No, no, he'd never get by immigration. Not in a thousand years. Now, Harrington, we have only one little clue, but I intend to make a case out of it. We're going up to pay an informal call on Melvin Renshaw. Right, would you, Chief? Somehow, Rocky Ritano is back in the USA. That's the way I want it. Yeah, I'm at Renshaw's now. Yeah, he's right here. The meeting's tonight. Ten o'clock in the brewer's warehouse I own, near Pier 13. Have some liquor and food sent over first. I want everybody comfortable. Yeah. Real comfortable. Okay. You think Floss and Lamazo will turn up, Rocky? Well, if they know what's good for them. I can hear them trembling from here. Yeah, trying to remember the double crosses. Figuring because I was in Paris, I wouldn't know. Brother. You better take it easy. Why? <laughs> you still worrying about that reporter? Oh, I think the warehouse is a bad place for a meeting. His body will be 20 miles out into the ocean by now. The channel current is fast. Just the same. You better take it easy. I'll take it easy, all right. With six Thompson submachine guns. That's how I'll take it easy. That's 
That's Renshaw's house there, Harrington. Yeah, it's a big white one, Chief. Mm-hmm. Belt and paid for on legal fees from Rocky Retano. No decent lawyer would handle his affair. Hey, wait a minute. What? What's here? Mine? Here on the sidewalk. This. Well, what's that? An empty cough drop package. Paul Amelie's de la Gorge. Yeah, what's that? Hey, this was Wally Jansen's. Come on. You don't really think Retano will be in the house, do you, Chief? Well, if he is, he'll be sorry. Someday we'll nail the goons behind him, too. The ones that weren't deported. Yes? Oh, you must be Mrs. Renshaw, hmm? Yes, I am. Now, is your husband at home? I'm sorry he's out. Then I'd like to talk to you. I'm sorry, I haven't time. You'll have to excuse me. I'm afraid I can't excuse you, Mrs. Renshaw. Here's my identification. I'm the district attorney. Please, please stop asking me questions. I'm not well, and I'm very nervous, and I can't tell you anything. Rocky Rotano is back, isn't he? I don't know. Now, please, leave me alone. He's been here. No. But you've seen him, haven't you? Tell me. Yes, yes. Now, stop it and leave me alone. Dear God, I wish I was dead. I have no friends, and nobody cares whether I live or die. Your little girl loves you. She cares. <laughs> and we're your friends. That's right, Mrs. Renshaw. Where is he, Mrs. Renshaw? I, I can't. They'd kill me. Now, Mrs. Renshaw, if you tell us, I promise you that I'll take care of you. I'll put you and your little girl on the 20th floor of the Broadmoor Hospital and keep two policemen outside your door day and night. Only you've got to help us. Do, do you mean that? You promise? On my word as district attorney. Well, they're, they're having some sort of meeting yes. tonight at 10. There's several of them. I don't know how many. Where? I listened on my extension upstairs. The Brewer's Warehouse on Pier 13 on the South River. You clear on everything, Harrington? Right, Chief. I want every one of them. Preferably alive. But if necessary, dead. Now here. Here's a map of Pier 13 and the streets around it. The sound truck will be here. Right. Now, the red circles indicate searchlight squads, Chief. Right. I'll be here with a walkie-talkie. I have two police boats in the river channel just in case they try to get away by water. Right. Okay. Let's get going. See you later, Miss Spinner. See me later? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, what I say? Good night. Chief, the only way you can keep me off Pier 13 tonight is to fire me. <laughs> Waterfront. Well, it'll be a lot cleaner when tonight's over. That's Harrington. Yes, Harrington. Road barricade on Brent Street. Okay, Chief. Check. Police boats? Police boats 14 DR 6 and 7, station mid channel, opposite Pier 13. Tear gas? Guns issued. Others in position? Baird and Evans at the rear of the warehouse. Good shelter behind northeast corner of the building. Everything set. Everybody in position. Okay. Not a move until I give the signal. Now, we settle down and wait. Yes, but not for long. It's after ten. Oh, oh this is going to be a beaut. Now stay in the shadow of the fence, Miss Spinner. Sorry, Chief. I wish there wasn't so much moon. Yes, Harrington? Black sedan just passed. 
past the road barricade on France Street, Chief. Okay, Harrington. We'll wait until the next car passes. Are they coming? Yes. Listen. Our first guest. Mm-hmm. Keep your fingers crossed. Right. And stay in the shadows. These men are killers. Can you see? Five of them going into the warehouse. Yes, Harrington? Second car passing Brant Street barricade, Chief. Mm-hmm. Green Cadillac. Five men. Ten of them. Rocky Rotano's whole mob. Ready with the searchlights, Harrington? Ten, fifteen thousand waters. Harrington. Chief. When I switch off, connect my mic into the loudspeakers on the sound truck. Check. And just remember the Thompson submachine guns fire 600 bullets a minute. Be careful. Right. Okay, I'm switching off. Give them the lights in five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. Why, Chief, it, it, it's like daylight. All right, Ritano. You're surrounded. Come out with your hands up. All of you. The warehouse is surrounded. The pier is covered by police boats. Come out with your hands up. Chief, are wait, they coming? Wait. Mr. District Attorney and the payoff in today's case history of waterfront crime. Set up for re-entry. Four cops killed. So help me, every one of those guys will get the chair. Fellas, stay back. It's Harrington. He's coming over. Right under the guns, he's coming over. Fool, what's the matter with him? He's gone crazy. They hit the sound truck and broke the equipment. I wasn't receiving you. Well, I'll try the police boat. Police boat 14, DR6. Can you hear me? He's not receiving you. Oh, they couldn't have gotten the boats, could they, Harrington? No, they were firing away from the water. Police boat DR6, not receiving you. Give them the tear gas guns. Sound two blasts on your whistle if you receive and understand this order. Over. Oh, what's the matter with that police boat? Can't they do something with their equipment? Chief, mm. there's yes. their whistle. They hurt you. Yes. Well, there are the tear gas guns. That'll bring them out driving crazy. Burn their eyes black. Chief, look. What? What is it? Over there, a, a man coming there. out of the warehouse. Yeah. Hey, hey, that's Rocky. Rocky Rotano. He's coming this way. Keep quiet. Chief, Chief, don't be crazy. That man's a killer. I've been waiting for this. Watch me, Harrington. Maybe you can get his gun. Try and get me, copper. He's trying to get away. Oh, Chief, you can't fight him with your bare fist. That's the way I want it. Okay, Rocky. Uh, and there's another one for Wally Jensen. His gun, Harrington, he's dropped it. Yes, I got him. What's the matter, Rocky? Don't like fighting with your fist, sir. Uh, it's fine. I, I, I'll pay you off. I'll pay you off. Pay me for Wally Jensen's life. There isn't that much dough in the world. Chief, are you all right? Yes, I never felt better in my life. Or you coming out of the warehouse? It's over. All right, get Rocky out of the water, Harrington. That's a fish I'm going to fry personally. Thank <laughs> you.
In a moment, a final report from Mr. District Attorney. There's something in the air, something new in Mutual's air. Star names in the stellar productions are adding their shine to the glittering roster of outstanding entertainment on your Mutual station. Such famous luminaries as Madeline Carroll, Arlene Francis, and Betty Clooney bring you programs that run the gamut from serious drama to gay humor to popular music. And that's not all, not by far. There are Sir Cedric Hardwick, Peter Laurie, David Ross, Duncan Hines, Edward Arnold, Jay Justin, and George Sanders as well. So many stars, it's almost breathtaking. And you'll find the kind of programming they bring you is breathtakingly different, too. Their shows on Mutual are new in many ways. You'll find they add a brand new slant to your concepts of entertainment. But that's not all, either. Your own favorite time-tested stories and characters are not neglected. Some of the most famous fiction creations that ever saw the light of day bring you their ever-popular kinds of listening pleasure. Remember, it's your mutual station that has something different. Stay tuned throughout the day, throughout the week, and hear for yourself over most of these same stations. Ladies and gentlemen, every member of the Ritano gang was captured. As a result, one of the most vicious narcotic strings in the country was broken. Rocky was convicted and sent to the electric chair for Wally Jansen's murder, leaving Mrs. Renshaw free at last to bring up her little daughter in dignity and security. names of all characters in this transcribed dramatization are fictitious, and any resemblance to names of living persons or actual places is purely coincidental. Our stars were Jay Justin in the title role, Len Doyle as Harrington, and Vicki Bola as Miss Miller. Mr. District Attorney was produced by Bernard L. Schubert, written by Harry Junkin, and directed by Leslie Harris. Mr. District Attorney was originated by Phillips H. Lohr. Ed Land speaking. Stay tuned for The Great Gildersleeve next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Great Gildersleeve and a show that was first aired in 1942. The makers of Papstep present each week at this time Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve, written by John Wheaton. And now let's join our friend, the great Gildersleeve, who's brushing up on his golf game in preparation for the finals of the annual Labor Day tournament at the Summerfield Country Club. On the eve of the great event, we find him in his living room, behind the sofa, addressing the ball with a mashie. Well, now, let me see. This is a very difficult shot. Excuse me. Quiet, Bertie. Never talk to anybody when they're making a golf shot. Yes, excuse me. Yeah, now watch this. If you ever get in a trap, Bertie, there's just one thing to remember. Oh, I keep out of traps. Yes. The thing is, you want to get under the ball and give it plenty of backspin. Now watch this. This is what we call a chip shot. Chip shot, huh? What do we do with the chips? (laughs) 
Oh, my goodness. What's Miss Marjorie going to say when she sees what's happened to her baby? Well, those things shouldn't be left lying around on mantles. As a matter of fact, I know something that'll look a lot better up there anyway. What's that? A nice big silver cup with my name on it. Oh, yeah, so that would go good. Oh, by the way, Mr. Gilsey, Miss Marjorie said to tell you we're putting you in the sewing room tonight. It's the sewing room? Why? What have I done? She said she's going to put Mr. Ferris in your room. Who's Mr. Ferris? I don't know, but he's a gentleman who's going to sleep in your room. Where am I expected to sleep? On the floor? Oh, no. You're going to have Leroy's camp car. The one that folds up. It folds up. <laughs> Suppose you get the broom and uh, sweep up these uh, divots, Bertie. How soon is dinner? I'm starving. Oh, any time now, Mr. Gill, please. We're just waiting for Mr. Farris. Yeah, Mr. Farris again. Well, I'm hungry enough to eat a horse. What are we having, Bertie? Oh, we're having calf liver. Have we come to that? And mashed potatoes. And fried eggplant. Fried eggplant. Yes. You know I can't stand eggplant, Bertie. It, it makes me break out. Yes, I know it, but Miss Marjorie said Mr. Ferris just dotes on eggplant. Well, I don't dote on Mr. Ferris. You can tell him that, whoever he is. Yes, I'll do that. Excuse me now, Miss Gilsley. I got to see what's cooking. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't let anything happen to that eggplant. Eggplant, sewing room. I don't know why we have a sewing room anyway. Hasn't been any sewing done in this house for 20 years. Uh, that you, Marjorie? Good evening, Mr. Moore. Listen, what's this thing all about? Say, you're really done up tonight, aren't you? <laughs> you like it? Yeah? I got it for the dance. It only costs $10 more than my allowance, especially reduced. Uh, you haven't told me whether you like it. Well, you haven't given me a chance. Uh, turn around, my dear. <laughs> well? Marjorie, come kiss your dear old uncle. <sighs> Mm-hmm. You do like it, then. Honey, you look like a million dollars, specially reduced. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad. There's only one thing. Uh, you don't think that dress is a little... Uh, for, oh, for... don't be old-fashioned, Uncle Morris. Uh, I bet probably every girl at the dance will be wearing a dress like this. Maybe I'll change my mind and go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please do. It's going to be such fun. No, no, my dear. I've got to get my sleep. i got to be in the pink tomorrow. Oh, come on. No, you and Doug go ahead and have a good time. Oh, I'm not going to the dance with Doug. If you're not? No. Why not? Well, Doug and I have just had an understanding, that's all. You uh, mean you're not speaking? No, it's all perfectly friendly. Oh, brother, that's worse. <laughs> well, uh, who is taking you to the dance? I'm going with Leroy. Leroy? You didn't buy that dress with all those to go to the dance with Leroy. And another thing, since when does Leroy go to dances at night? I don't ever... Leroy? Oh, hello, Uncle. Come back here, young man. Where did you get that necktie? Uh, upstairs. No, I thought so. Suppose you take it right back upstairs. Yes, sir. Oh, by the way, can I go to the dance tonight? What do you mean, by the way? I mean, can I? Why do you ask me? You seem to be going. Oh, gee, thanks, Uncle. I'll sweep out the whole garage tomorrow. Well, see that you get back here by 10.30. Oh, okay. I'll sweep out the tool shed. Say, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I forgot to ask you how you came out in the tournament today, Uncle Moore. Oh, the tournament? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I... I played Judge Hooker in the finals tomorrow. Judge Hooker? Yeah. Well, the judge must have improved his game. No, uh, he's improved his handicap. I think they added in his age or a social security number or something. <laughs> oh, you can beat him. Uh, Why don't you come to the dance? After all, he's coming. I don't trust that old goat. He's just the type who would sneak home early and go to sleep. Besides, we got a good bet on this game. Two dollars. <laughs> well, you're going to miss the best dance the club's ever had. That's right, Unc. 
And you know all the trouble we had over the band. Well, guess who we finally got? I don't know. Who? They got Bill Farris. No. Yes. Who's Bill Farris? Margie, tell them who Bill Farris is. He's a band leader. He plays the trumpet. Just probably the greatest trumpet player in the world, that's all. Next to Maury Haynes. I never heard of him either. Oh, you have too, Uncle Mort. You know that record, I Don't Want to Walk Without You, Baby? I ought to. You played it night and day for three months. <laughs> well, that's Maury Haynes on the trumpet. Bill Farris plays a lot like him. Keep him away from here, then. Oh, don't be a Nicky, Uncle Mort. Nicky. As a matter of fact, he happens to be coming here to dinner tonight. We're putting him up for the weekend. Oh, he's the one who's sleeping in my little bed, huh? Oh, we couldn't ask a guest to sleep on a cot. He's the gent who's ordering the meals around here now. Huh? Bill Farris. I've put up with a lot of things, my dear, but this is the first time I've ever had to play second fiddle to a cornet player. I don't know what I'm going to do about that, that calf little Miss Marjorie. It's been there so long now, it's curling up at the edges. Well, I'm curling up at the edges too, Bertie. We've waited long enough for this star border of ours. Let's eat. Oh, I guess we'll have to. I told him seven o'clock. There he is. That's him. I'll go, Bertie. Leroy, I'll go. Leroy. Oh, do let me go. Never mind looking in the mirror, Mark. The guy's waiting. Shh. Hiya, sugar. Well, hello. Well, hello. She hadn't seen him since four o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> Well, I do. Sorry I'm late. I had to stop off to close the deal. Say, this isn't a bad little dump you got here. Yeah, thanks. Who's your fat friend? This is Mr. Farrell. Just call me Bill. And this is my uncle, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hiya, Jack. Just call me Mr. He's a character, isn't he? Hey, hey, Mark. Oh, yes, this is my little brother. Hiya, Slats. Hi, Mr. Farris. You know something? What? I think you've got a swell band. I listen to you every time you're on the radio. Well, that hardly comes under the heading of news, bud. They all listen to me. You listen to any of the bands today, Eddie Francis, Goonie Myers, Maury Haynes, they all steal from me. Oh, yeah. but I love Maury Haynes, don't you? Maury Haynes, don't make me sick. What's that guy got? No talent? Nothing. Yeah. Well, I can blow more trumpet with my left ear than he can blow with his mouth. Maury Haynes. Well, I could have been right up where Maury Haynes is today, cleaning up. Then why aren't you? I'll tell you why, just to give you an idea of what you're up against in this business. Maury Haynes and I auditioned for the same radio program a while back. There's no question which is the better band, but it so happens that the sponsor's got a crotch on I Don't Want to Walk Without Your Baby. Well, I don't happen to have it in the books. Maury had. Oh, I love it, though. Well, I see i got to educate you, sugar. I wouldn't be caught playing that tune in a dogfight. Uh, what's the matter with it? It's a lot of corn. That guy, Haynes. If it wasn't for that broken-down ballad, where would he be today? Well, I... I rather like it. Well, the Lord, you always... I don't want to... I think it's got something. <laughs> well, don't sing it around me, brother. I can't take it. Excuse me, Miss Marjorie. Dinner's ready and then some. Oh, right. Yeah, do you mind if we sit right down, Mr. Ferris? I'm afraid we'll be late for the day. Oh, I couldn't eat anything. Matter of fact, I got a little hungry, so I grabbed a bite on the way over. Oh, well, you don't mind if we grab a bite. After, <laughs> after waiting for you for an hour. Oh, go ahead, Jack. Eat your head off. Don't mind me. Murder. <laughs> well, come on, gorgeous. You don't want to eat now. I got the car waiting outside. If you get hungry, we'll stop at a beanwagon. Oh, that would be fun. If Uncle Mort doesn't mind. No, he doesn't mind. <laughs> Coming, Leroy? Okay. Hey, will you give me a lesson on the puppet, Mr. Harris? I can blow up. You go. Well, some other time. Hey, don't stay up too late, Pop. If Pop, shove this bag in my room when you go upstairs, will you? Oh! 
Hooker, watch this drive now. Head down, wrist lock, left arm stiff, come back slow and... Seventeen hundred yards right to the pin. (laughs) Now we come to the water hole. Watch me drive this one across the sleepy lagoon. (laughs) Even the sleepy lagoon. Where's all that racket? What's going on out here? Oh, they must be back from the dance. This is a fine time for sleepy lagoon. I'll go down there and put that goon to sleep. They'll never get me in a folding cock again. (laughs) Where's that light switch? Oh, my poor little pinkies. Where's that door? It was here last night. Oh, oh, I'm in the sewing room, yeah. Oh, here it is. Quiet down there, quiet. All right, if I gotta go out there. Boy, that was solid, Bill. Now let me try it. Okay, son, blow your brains out. Uh, Remember, take the second valve on that highway. Yes. Leroy, you skin right upstairs as fast as your little legs can carry you. I told you to be in bed by 10.30. Is it that late, Uncle? It's 2.30 and you know it. Look at your eyes. They're popping out. Now, get up there. Yes, Uncle. I'm sorry, Uncle Mort, if we disturbed you. My window is right over the porch here. Okay, I won't play anymore. Go climb into your snuggle bunny. (laughs) Snuggle bunny. (laughs) Why don't you take that sour cornet and turn it in for scrap? Fellas like you are holding up the war effort. You better come up pretty soon, my dear. Right away, Uncle Morse. As soon as I turn out the light. Oh, what's your hurry? You can sleep any time. Now, let's park on the swing here and take a gander at the moon. Well, just for a minute. It's awfully late. Oh, move over. Let's get acquainted. Well, I, uh, I really must go. Oh, nonsense. I don't come to town every day, you know. Say, I hope you're not one of those old-fashioned types. Well, no. Well, move over. <laughs> Oh, that's better. Take a look at that moon. Will you? Well, that moon was just made for you, and You know, I really no, don't. Don't say anything. Don't spoil it. <laughs> nice out here, isn't it? Uh huh. Audrey. <laughs> Let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. After a hard night in the sewing room, he comes down to breakfast with murder in his heart and circles under his eyes. Oh, what a night. I think I'll just have a poached egg this morning, Bertie. Yes, sir. Uncle Mort, I'm I'm sorry about last night. Really, I am. I tried to... Think nothing of it, my dear. Think nothing of it. What's a mere golf trophy trophy compared to one night of giddy pleasure? Oh, Uncle Mort. Oh, well, I guess I'll just give up the game. It'd have been nice to win a cup, though. 
just once before I die. Oh, Uncle Mort, don't talk like that. You're going to win. Anybody at home? Oh, it's Judge Hooker. Come in, Judge. He always comes for breakfast. What does he want? I suppose he came over here to gloat. Oh, goat yourself. Morning, Marjorie. Judge, what's the matter with your leg? Attack of gout. I've got it bad. Did you say gout? What do you think I said? Can't you see it's killing me? Oh, Judgey, that's a shame. Here's something I ate. It kept me awake the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's too bad. Bertie, cancel that egg. I think I'll have some hot cakes and sausages. Yes, sir. What'd you say, do it, egg? It, cancel it. Oh, shucks, I went and posted. <laughs> Never mind, bring it on, I'll eat it anyway. Uh, care to join me in an egg, Judge? No, thanks. Oh, it's too bad about your foot, Judge. That'll kind of spoil your game, won't it? Yes, I'm afraid we'll have to postpone the match, Morton. What do you mean, postpone it? You either play it or forfeit it. Now, Gildy, you wouldn't want to win that cup by default. Well, it's tough luck, Judge. You but... wouldn't want people saying you took advantage of a fellow when he ate a lobster. <laughs> You should have thought of that before you ate the lobster. Oh, have a heart, Gildy. You know I can't walk around that course. Hi, Jackson. How's the kid? I'll just sleep. You've got the nerve to ask me that. Hi, Judge. What's the argument? Well, maybe you can settle it for us. You know anything about golf? Oh, do I know anything about golf? Don't make me laugh. Now, I've got the gout. I can't play today, and Gildersleeve here claims I have to forfeit the match. Well, that's easy. I'll play it for you. You? Oh, no, you won't. Why not, Gildy? It's better than a default. Oh, he's afraid, that's all. I am not afraid. I'll play this fellow if that's the way you want it. All right, Patso, let's get going. Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Ferris, this is our first tee. We're rather proud of this hole. Yes, it's 485 yards with a trap to the right of the green. <laughs> Better watch out for those woods at the left, too. Never mind the diagrams, Pop. Just show me the flag. Uh, Pop. Where's that driver? Keep your eyes peeled now. This one's going a long way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> A butte, Bill. It must be 300 yards. 310. That's the longest drive in the history of this hole. It was just a lucky fluke, I hope. All right, Pop, I gave you something to shoot at there. Whip out the old pile driver and see if you can knock the ball off the tee. Don't worry about me, Ferris. I'll show you a drive. Hand me that club, Leroy. Here, Uncle. And give me a ball. Here. You better give me the good ball. Oh. <laughs> there. Now stand back, son. I've got a lot of things to remember here. Uh, head down, wrist locked, left arm stiff, and come back slow. <laughs> you uh, forgot one thing, Pop. You forgot to hit the ball. <laughs> Leroy, remember you're tattying for me. You laugh at my jokes. Watch this now. <laughs> That's all I wanted to know. I'll see you boys in the clubhouse after the first nine. Your attention, please, ladies and gentlemen. Latest results after eight holes of the final round match between Brock Morton, T. Gildersleeve, and Bill Paris, who is substituting for Judge Hooker. Gildersleeve is two down. Well, may the best man win. Uh, 
Am I away? Go ahead and pop. What are you getting down on your knees for, Unc? You gonna pray? No, my boy. This is the ninth hole. I'm taking no chances. I'm gonna sight this putt very carefully. Come on, come on. All right, all right. One side, Leroy. Uh, take that pin out. Uh, quiet now. Oh, yeah, sighted putt sank same. <laughs> well, looks like I'm going to win this whole Paris. Not if I sink this 25-footer. It'll be a tie. Brother, if you sink that putt, I'll buy you a lunch. It's a deal. Hold your breath. Oops. Come on, Fatso, let's go to lunch. <laughs> Paris, another piece of pie? No, not for me, Pops. Light lunch is best when you got another nine to play. Light lunch, three pieces of pie. Well, maybe I get you right. Mr. Gillisleeve, can I show you some French pastry? Uh, no, thanks, Garçon. Light lunch today. Uh, you got it right there with you, though, haven't you? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, that little chocolate house looks pretty good. <laughs> What's inside of that? Just a light filling, Mr. Gillisleeve. Oh, fine. You can give me the chocolate house. Uh, yes, sir. Which one? You might as well give me both of them. <laughs> oh, hello, Judge. What do you want? I just wanted to make sure you're eating your head off as usual. Well, Mr. Ferris, you think you can beat him worse this afternoon than you did this morning? Oh, sure. I didn't have the feel of my clubs this morning. You that guilty? I ought to shoot better than 37 on a dinky little nine-hole course like this. No, just a minute, Ferris. You can't come to Summerfield and knock our golf course. You're right, Gildy. Oh, take it easy, fellas. It's a cute little course. You like croquet. <laughs> croquet, nothing. I'll have you know that Walter Hagen played this course, and he said it was wonderful. The Hague said that? Yes. He said I've never played on anything like it in my life. <laughs> Those were his exact words. They sounded better even when he said them. Well, I still say if this is a good course, I'm Bobby Jones. Well, you listen to me, Jones. Oh, Ferris. I'm just sore enough to make you eat those words. I'm two down to you on the first nine, right? I'll bet you $50 that I win this match. Did I say that? $50? Hey, Uncle, you off your stick? Yeah, I must be. No, by golly, I said $50 and I'm going to stick to it. What about it, Paris? It's a bet, Pop. I never hoped to make 50 bucks any easier. Come on. It, uh, wait till I eat this last roof. Hey, Uncle Mort, here comes Marge. Maybe she'll bring you luck. If quietly, Roy. Paris is about to drive. How's it going, Leroy? Uncle Mort just bent his shirt, and it's already hanging out. <laughs> Never mind that shirt. Give me that driver. All right. Head down now. Left arm stiff. Oh, nuts to that. Slam it. <laughs> Wonderful, Uncle Mort. Wonderful. I needed food. That's all. I needed food. <laughs> I think Paris has been cheating on the last two holes. Cheating? Oh, no, my boy. He wouldn't do a thing like that. Still, he's a cornet player. 
Yeah, I know for a fact he forgot to count a couple of his shots. He did? Why, that's terrible. Hurry up, Fatso. Let's get this over with. All right, all right. Go ahead. It's your shot. Uh, give me that club. Ah, <laughs> there. Right smack on the green. Pop that butterball. Yeah, butterball. Now, now don't let him get you go, Unc. Here's your club. All right, my boy. Here goes. Look out! <laughs> now, see here, you deliberately did that to make me miss. I did not. I was talking to my caddy. If you weren't such a little fellow, I'd knock the suffings out of you. I mean, if you weren't such a big fellow. <laughs> Quit squawking. Let's get going. Uh, move over, Leroy. Okay, Unc. Don't worry. I know a way to fix him. What's that? It, never mind. Let me shoot first. <laughs> Gosh, Hunk, you're only six inches from the pin. Yeah, come on, Leroy, Marjorie. We'll win this thing yet. What were you saying, Leroy? If he's going to cheat, we can take care of him. Oh, now, nothing unsporting, my boy. Can't have anything like that. Are you sure it'll work? <laughs> Don't you worry, Uncle Mort. Just leave it to me. Yeah. Well, Pop... Looks like you'll be home in five, but if I make this putt, I'm down in three and the match is over. Yeah, I can't deny it, Ferris. It's only a six-foot putt. Uh, Want to concede it? Concede? Brockmorton P. Gildersleeve concede? Never. There's a principle involved. What principle, Uncle? Fifty bucks. <laughs> That's the spirit, Uncle Mort. Well, have it your way, kids. The cup means nothing to me, but all that cash. <laughs> Hand me my putter, Sam. Do it now, Leroy. Now. Okay. Hey, hey, quiet. I told you I can't stand that song. Quiet. The boy is just musically inclined. <laughs> Go right ahead and putt. Uh, darn kid. <laughs> All right, I missed it. But if I sink this one, I still win. Oh, yes, I can still lose. Go ahead. I don't want to walk with a house. Listen, I told you I don't like that song. Now cut it out. Sink the putt, sink the putt. Okay. Uh, Say, Ferris, if you miss once more, maybe I'll win. Don't huh? worry. Watch this one. Yeah. That's no fair! I didn't make a sound. No, but I thought you were going to. <laughs> Say, if I make this putt, I win, don't I? Ew. Quiet now. You victory. Throckmorton, I'm glad you won. It was worth two dollars to see you beat that stuck-up trumpet player. Horace, you're a pal. Come on, let's get up there to that 19th hole, huh? I don't want to golf without you. No, sorry. How do you like my trophy, Bertie? Mine sure looks handsome up there, Mr. Gilfleeze. Just what the mantle needed. But I thought they were going to give you a cup. Well, none of the clubs are giving cups anymore, Bertie. The government needs the medal for scrap. But this is a very valuable Ming vase. It's gorgeous, all right. Yeah, you should have seen how I want it, Bertie. I was lying about 50 feet in the hole, you see. Yeah. <laughs> Here, give me that club. All right. Yeah, thank you. I'll show you. I took my trusty number five iron. I swung it easy like this. Oh! 
good night, everybody. <laughs> was composed and conducted by Billy Mills. This is Frank Pingman speaking for the makers of Packset and inviting you to tune in again next week at the same time for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband, followed by Inner Sanctum. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.